I'm Bill Polinick, and this is Tales from Wild Bill's Ranch. This is podcast episode number three, titled White Baby in Blackwater. We are brought to you each and every week by the book Ukrainians in North Dakota, written by my mother, Agnes Polinick. She was inspired to tell the stories of the Ukrainians who settled in our state by the words, the church can't save your culture, you have to do it. So she did. The book is available at the Ukrainian Cultural Institute in Dickinson, North Dakota, or contact me and I will arrange for a copy to be sent to you. It was October 1959. My dad, William Polinick, was 31 years old and held recent memories of the conclusion of World War II where he served with the U.S. Airborne as a radio operator. He had 19 jumps to his credit and was about to take an even greater leap, a leap of faith that was created by a property in rural Billings County, North Dakota, that yielded poor quality water intertwined with his own restlessness. Following my grandfather's passing at age 48, my dad was made to feel obligated to take an early leave from the service to care for the other seven siblings. Being the oldest, he was given the family farm, 320 acres consisting of pasture, hayland, and a modest supply of sandy soil where he would try to grow wheat and other crops. There were several attempts made to secure a well to produce quality water but each well that was drilled on this property proved less than acceptable results. The water which was found was far from adequate as it smelled bad and was very high in sodium. Also, there were alkali patches in various parts of the pasture, which still exist on this land today. The lack of quality water was, in Dad's eyes, a deal-breaker. So, with high hopes and empty pockets, in the final autumn of the decade of the 1950s, he packed up all he owned along with his expectant wife and nine-year-old daughter and moved to a 5,000-acre cattle ranch 14 miles north. Five months after their arrival at the ranch, the first spring of the 1960s saw the birth of 300 new baby calves and one new baby boy. That would be yours truly. This was a very productive cattle ranch. It featured deep draws to protect livestock from the relentless North Dakota winters, an accessible calving area, and large, sprawling summer pastures for Charley and Hereford calves to play and grow. This property, on the edge of the North Dakota Badlands, had never-ending hayfields and farmland to grow feed for the expanding herd. Numerous stock ponds, creeks, and gullies provided water to the livestock all year round. To the family's dismay, however, one very important item was missing. Ironically, that item was quality water for human consumption. The ranch headquarters could have been a backdrop for the Cowpokes cartoon series. My dad always said the corral system looked like a truckload of ash poles tipped over. A horse barn. A few dilapidated granaries, a rundown shed served as a garage, two bunkhouses, and a chicken coop were all situated near the bottom of a long draw. At the very bottom of this draw was the ranch house, the house I would grow up in. 
It was a small white house with a huge picture window in the living room. Wild turkeys would peck at their reflection. Crazy swallows, sparrows, and robins would attempt to fly through it, only to yield a loud thud as their result. Once a curious bobcat took a peek as to what was on the inside of this large window. And a few years later, that window would become the windshield of my imaginary semi-truck. It was my window to the world. The very first memory I ever retained came out of that old ranch house. It was the summer of 1961, and my mother was bathing me in the kitchen sink as parents of small children often do. My great-grandparents, Anna and Mike Clem from Dickinson, were visiting the ranch that day, picking choke cherries and being next to nature, or, as they believed, being alongside God. As mother continued to bathe me, great-grandma walked over near the sink to observe. I still remember the look of astonishment on her sweet round face as she shouted as loud as I ever heard her voice, Grandpa, Grandpa, come quick, look, white baby in black water. There were springs throughout the entire ranch which flowed to the surface. The water that flowed into potholes, creeks, and even a few water tanks was cold, had a pungent aroma and was as dark brown as any cola. The livestock didn't mind, but us humans consumed it sparingly as our first well delivered the same water. I still remember the green plastic water can with a white spout we'd used to haul our drinking water from the old Fairfield store. The well was a third of a mile uphill from the house. It was enclosed in a cellar-type structure with the entrance at ground level and a ladder leading down to the pressure tank to the well itself. Dad would curse whoever assembled this apparatus, because in the event of a heavy rain, the gumbo soil surrounding it would drain into the well and eventually find its way to the faucets at the house. There were many, many times on a rainy morning I'd hear one of my parents turn on the water and exclaim in disgust that we needed to make the trek up to the well to bail out the muddy rainwater. Between my third and tenth birthday, there were several attempts to find a new source of quality water far beneath the surface of the ranch. I found great fascination in the men and machines that would come to the ranch and stay for several days as each new well was drilled. On one attempt, they produced a very deep artesian well with the clearest water I had ever seen up to that point. This well lasted only two months. Once abandoned, I took great pleasure in dropping rocks down the casing and listening to the amazing echoes from the depths far below. After over a decade of trial and error and bailing muddy rainwater, a new well was established, producing clear, quality water. Oh, what joy! Soon thereafter, a pipeline to the house, water hydrants, and automatic livestock watering systems that never froze were established. We even had running water in our newly constructed calving barn. Such an amenity was unheard of. My mother had the priest from St. Demetrius Church, Father Michael Baberski, bless the new well and the entire newly acquired livelihood it produced. To this very day, this well is still producing quality water. 
We continued ranching until the late 1970s. Upon the sale of the ranch, Dad continued to farm near the original homestead, which he retained ownership. Upon his death in 1981, Mother rented out the property, and we'd visit from time to time. My life led me to enjoy a wonderful broadcasting career. The old homestead was on my mind consistently, and I'd often dream of rebuilding there. Mom and I would have conversations about this possibility, and we'd always arrive at the same conclusion. Quality water just was not available. Then, in 2006, that began to change. One day, Mom asked if I had ever heard of Southwest Water Authority. Being employed at a local radio station, I had read several public service announcements for Southwest Water, but never had given them a second thought. I perked up when Mom indicated she had been approached by Southwest Water on signing an easement for a water pipeline to come through our property. Could this be true? A rural water system would deliver quality water right to the homestead? After witnessing firsthand the struggles my parents sacrificed to get quality water back at the ranch, I more than fully understood the significance. I was numb with excitement at the thought of rebuilding and living on the original homestead, once owned by a grandfather I never got the privilege of knowing. A homestead where my sister, who is now with the Lord, spent the first nine years of her life. Over the next three years, I contacted Southwest Water Authority every other week. Every conversation was concluded with a little more optimism. Then, in 2009, it was realized. As you recall, my family moved off this property in October of 1959. In October 2009, 50 years practically to the day, my mother, my sister's second child, and I stood on a hillside while an employee of Southwest Water Authority opened a valve and began flushing the line. My mother closed her eyes in thanks while my niece shrieked for joy, and I wiped a tear from my eye. Quality water had gloriously arrived. I am now the owner of this land where so many of my close relatives began their lives. It's now referred to in our circle as the ranch. We've cleaned it up, built a beautiful metal building, living quarters within, complete with quality water running through it. And as my dreams continued, we set up a house and now reside there permanently. I married the woman God intended me to be with on this soil, and we raise imported European golden retrievers, the most beautiful cream-colored dogs one can imagine. We've had three litters and are in the process of planting a fourth. Ironically, I spent six months as the public relations specialist for the Southwest Water Authority. I have great respect for them. While there, I didn't really fit in. This story was written for them while I was there, but it was never, ever published. I would like to thank my friend Jeff Gould from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for showing and inspiring me to tell my story. Jeff showed me to believe in the power of stories. Story changes lives and encourages people to overcome obstacles, to live lives of peace, passion, and prosperity. I credit Jeff Gould for possibly saving my sanity. Please find out more about him at ilikethatstory.net. We are brought to you by the book Ukrainians in North Dakota. I'm Bill Polinick. 
Thank you for listening.